mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Last Tuesday, President Joe Biden signed a presidential proclamation saying, and I quote, I have hereunto set my hand this 31st day of May in the year of our Lord, 2022. So in full recognition that Jesus Christ is still reigning in this 2022nd year since his incarnation, because that's what the year of our Lord means. When we invoke that, we're saying the Lord's reign is still in place 2022 years later since his incarnation. Our sitting president signed what is entitled a proclamation on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex pride month. Comma, 2022, end quote. That's the title. His concluding, therefore, calls upon the people to, quote, the people of the United States to recognize the achievements of the LGBTQI plus community to celebrate the great diversity of the American people and to wave their flags of pride high, end quote. And with that, President Biden set his hand unto tempting 332 million American people to sin. That's the reality. Because the flags of pride he wants us to wave high during the month of June are the rainbow-colored flags we're all familiar with, the rainbow flags that mock God by using the very colors of his symbol of peace with humanity as a symbol of unrepentant Sinfulness. That's the rub. Unrepentance. What we may no longer be familiar with in our day and age are the Bible verses that make it clear that God calls us to repent of these sins, not to celebrate them. Passages such as 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. And of a kind that is not tolerated even among the pagans. And then he tells us what that sexual immorality is. And it's not even one of homosexual nature. It would be part of the plus in our modern day. For a man has his father's wife. Then he says, are you arrogant ought not you rather mourn let him who has done this be removed from among you yes he truly says remove someone from the church i know it's scandalous to do such a thing or in 6 9 to 11 he says or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, the drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. This entire list of sinful behavior, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, in all honesty and love, and such were some of you in the church in Corinth, 
Some of you were doing these kind of sins. But, he says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Repentance took hold of your heart and you turned from your wicked way, is what he's saying. How about 6, 18 to 20? We're still in the first uh, letter to the Corinthians, a congregation that was very much American in its makeup and its sinfulness. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside his body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? The the spirit we're celebrating today here on Pentecost that we now have within us, whom you have from God, Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. I think we've forgotten this in the American Christian church because we like to think of ourselves as our own. We're Americans, right? We're individuals. I'm my own. I got to do what I want to do. If you're a Christian, you belong to Jesus. You do what he wants you to do. And so Paul ends that little section saying, so glorify God in your body. Use your body for things that will glorify him. We're all sinners. This is undisputed. But to be proud of our sin, to wave flags in celebration of our unrepentance, that is to mock God. Indeed, it is to wage war against God, which is a very, very dangerous endeavor if ever there was one. But I'm not sure we take that very seriously either. And it is to admit a willful rejection of his word. After all, what does Romans 6, 1 and 2 say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? So if we know something's sinful, something's wrong, are we to be like, well, yeah, but Jesus, right? Get out of jail free card. Uh Uh-uh. That is to take free grace and cheapen it. That is to try to test God. And he says, do not put your God to the test. It's not that he can't pass the test, but it's about your hardened heart and why you would do such a thing. Jesus laid down his life to redeem us from our sins, to justify us from our sins, not to give us permission to sin. This presidential proclamation was expected. A similar one was declared last year and many more in years past. I do not say the following with any sense of hyperbole, no figurative exaggeration, no emotional rhetoric and no political intent. It is simply the biblical truth. President Biden, since he professes to be a Christian and is willfully leading people, many millions of people, to do what is contrary to the Lord's word, has revealed himself to be, in the broad sense of the word, an antichrist. If this shocks anyone, let us remember what is recorded in 1 John 2, 18 and 19. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. That is to say, they say they're Christian, but they're not teaching according to the apostolic faith. 
They're teaching a different gospel, as if such a thing can be taught. As if there is another gospel, as Paul says. Galatians 1 is very important to keep in mind in these latter days, these evil, wicked days that we live in. Verse 9 summarizes the entire chapter very well. The point is, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul says that. Not Pastor Bramwell. Not you when you say it to someone else or when you stand on that truth. Paul says, if someone is coming to you and claiming to be a Christian and then leads you willfully into sin, let that person be anathema. And if that's controversial, I'm controversial. Antichrists in the broad sense are those who profess to be Christian and then lead people astray all the way into hell. We celebrate fire today. A flame over the apostle's head. And James told me he was going to duct tape a candle to his head for this celebration. I feel let down. Next year. Next year. But we do not celebrate the flames of hell today. We celebrate the tongues of fire the Spirit has given us to speak truth to all the world. Starting with and always focused on our neighbors, the people that God has put, people of the world that God has put in our lives. This rainbow of sin being encouraged by the many antichrists, many antichrists today, is a rebellion that predates God's rainbow of peace. In fact, sin's rainbow is why God established his symbol of peace. Mankind went to war against God, and God responded, as you might expect, by wiping evil from the face of his earth in the global flood. And then he hung up his war bow, He hung it up on the rack of the clouds so all would see that God doesn't want war. God wants peace. It is called a bow for a reason. It is his war bow. He made a covenant of peace. I will no longer ever again strike you down the way I just did with the flood that took you all out. And yet we heard all about Babel this morning in our Old Testament reading. We heard how mankind, after the waters of the flood receded, ventured out onto the plain of Shinar, where we deliberately, ignorantly ignored God's word and went to work making a name for ourselves. We were proud. We were arrogant. We were narcissistic. We were disobedient. We were sinful. God had made man in peace, and he placed us in a garden paradise. We rebelled against that peace. So again, God made peace with man and told us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth, make it all a garden. But instead, we disobeyed our Lord's proclamation, choosing to establish the first kingdom of men. As if we didn't already have a king. We set up a man to be king. We set ourselves to be his heirs. And we warred against our king, our creator, and we proudly erected a tower high in the sky, mocking God in our perceived escape from the floodable plains of the earth. You want to flood us again, guy? Go right ahead. We just built ourselves an immovable ark, a mountain, and we will dwell here. So bring it, is basically what the Tower of Babel says. Our sinfulness, then, divided the unity of man our arrogance, our pride. Just as it was our sin that led to the first 
the flood in the first place. It was our sin that led to the racism and the unending war that has followed God's dispersing man from the Tower of Babel over the, the entire earth. And this racism and this warring continues to this very day. Not only with God do we war, but now we war with each other. God is always the solution, my friends. Always. His word is always the solution. Man's sin is always the problem. In sin, we take God's signature upon his post-flood peace treaty, his rainbow, his proclamation that he set his hand unto, and we mock his desires for peace. We mock his beautiful symbol of peace. We turn it into a flag of defiance and rebellion hoisted on Babel's never-ending battlefield upon which Beelzebub is currently leading an army in the name of the LGBTQI plus pride against the saving truth of the Bible. But as we see the military might of our spiritual enemy, Satan, advancing under sin's rainbow right in front of us during the month of June, we cannot forget that that is not the whole war. That is the frontal attack. It is easy to see. And yes, it is a serious threat, very serious. Many of our neighbors are in its sights. The momentum of this assault has grown into a worldwide campaign that has mustered many allies and taken many more prisoners. But we cannot fail to address our flanks, too. Any rejection of God's word is sinful. We must not be so laser-focused on the sinful battle in front of us that we forget that we're in a war to either side as well. So how have you sinned? How are you sinning? It's super easy to point our finger somewhere else. And when the devil raises a flag for all to see, you can go, there it is, there's the problem. What about your own heart? Where's the problem there? Where's your flag? How are you warring against God? We cannot march against the spiritual powers of darkness in the name of God's peace without recognizing that we too are sinners. First and foremost, taking a position like Paul saying, I'm chief among sinners. Yeah, there's a lot of sin going out there underneath that banner of pride, but it doesn't compare to the blackness of my own heart. We must repent of our own sin. So don't just look ahead. Look to the flanks, too, where Satan waits to ambush you. What did Jesus say in John 14? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Verses 23 and 24. What does the devil's assault look like in your life? Do not think that because you're not sinning in a certain way that you're not sinning. And that your sin isn't just as grievous to God as the one being signed into a proclamation in the White House. Because God sees you even without you waving a flag high in the sky. He knows your heart. 
The devil has a rainbow of sins with which he tempts each and every one of us. The diversity of sin is unending. He is the king of diversity. Many unrepentant sinners are owning their sins this month. Many are proud of their sins this month. They're encouraged to celebrate their sin with pride. And so we understand that we're not that different from our neighbors. Because we too are encouraged to own our sin this month. And every month. But not in pride. Not with unrepentant, rebellious hearts that war against God. No, with repentant hearts that want to keep God's word. That want to know what it is so they can keep it. And so we can live in peace with the Lord. Have you ever thought about this? That you don't want to read the Bible because it may show you where you're sinning? And so you might think it's going to tell you something, so I, I got to go do this instead. That's what it does. The Lord shines light on darkness. Christians want that light. Lord, show me all my sins. And don't just reveal them to me. Reveal them to the world so I can't even deny them. Let them use it against me. Cut me off at my knees. Trash my reputation. Let the whole world know how much of a wretch I am so that anything good that comes from me is all you. Glory be to God. Let me read your word and know just how wretched I am. Because we are not that different from our neighbors. That's the only difference. Are we repentant or unrepentant? Do we want peace with our Lord or do we want to continue to live in opposition as those who war against Christ, who reject his crucifixion? See, look at the cross. Look at how far the Lord went for you. He went to the cross and died for you. Not so you would ignore your sin. Not so you could think, well, this, this little thing doesn't bother God too much. You know, At least I'm not leading 332 plus million people to do it. No, it doesn't matter. If you're doing it, it matters to God. He saw the evil in our hearts and knew that the only way to secure peace with us, get this, was to lose the war with us. That's what the cross is. We call it the New Testament of the Lord, right? It's his new covenant. It's his new peace treaty. During his first peace treaty, we get a rainbow. We get the law. The first peace treaty is God saying, gone you are evil. And then what happened? Evil popped right back up. This new peace treaty, he says, okay, let's do it this way. Gone you are goodness, truth, beauty, Jesus, God with his people, you're gone. But then what happens? On the third day, God's right back with us to stay forever. He signed a new peace treaty. He gave us a new symbol of peace. It's the cross. That's what God did. He let man wage war against him. Give it to me. I can take it all. Take me out. Smite me. Bury me as deep as you can. Don't hold back. He let us not only wave our flags of pride high, but fly the flag of Christ's flesh upon a cross for all to see for all time. A flag of freedom that we thought signaled God's defeat and our liberty. Now we can do whatever we want. But that in reality was a peace treaty. 
the peace treaty that God prepared for mankind in the fullness of time. A new covenant signed by God, not with light in the sky, but by his very own blood. A peace treaty ratified upon Christ's death at the hands of man. My hands, your hands, our hands. This is what we have set our hand unto. I like that phrase. I'm going to use it every time I sign something from now on. I have set my hand unto this, whatever, this check that I'm writing to James. What have we set our hand unto? Christ killing him. And this is what God has set his hand unto. Peace. Forgiving us of our sin. See, our Lord doesn't want war. He's never wanted war. Any sinner, sinner, every sinner, you, me, those waving sins, rainbow flag, we're all able to live with God in repentance because of Christ's cross that stands fixed. All we have to do is repent of our sin, put down our flags, figurative or literal, and turn to Christ. God's signature is unfading. His peace treaty is still in place. When we stop warring against him, we find that we've already been rescued from sin's rainbow. We don't have to wait for it. It's already happened. It's already our reality. No matter what sins we've committed, by the death of Christ, we have been rescued from sin's rainbow. Forgiven, saved, justified. That's what repentance is. Recognizing the goodness of God, that he wants peace, not war. It's not encouraging sin, it's denouncing it. It's striving to resist it. It's helping our neighbors to do the same and knowing that Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. John 14, 27. Jesus says, in effect, I have set my hand unto peace. You have been rescued from sin's rainbow. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.